Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 350. So today I'm talking a little bit about where I would focus my energy, my time, my attention, my money if I were to start out in business from day zero. Like if all of the stuff that I've just been working on for the last five years didn't exist, where would I start again? Or if I knew what I knew now, what would I do differently? And it's kind of funny because I often get asked this question in podcast interviews. And my answer is usually, you know, like I wouldn't change anything about how I started my business, about the first four or five years of my business. I'm now nearly five years in. How crazy is that? Um, but I say I wouldn't change any of it because everything that every mistake I made, everything that went wrong, uh, everything that I did that was a waste of time, all of those things brought me to where I am now. And I wouldn't change any of that. But having learned a few things along the way, hopefully these five areas that I would focus on if I was starting out again, hopefully these five areas will help you to find a little bit of, I don't know, direction or a little bit of focus if you're still in the early days of business, or even if you're like me and you're already a few years down the track, these are some pretty powerful places to focus. So, Firstly, I would pick a narrow niche that I could own. So when I first started in the marketing world, which so that wasn't my first business, just FYI. But when I first started in the marketing world, I was the generalist marketing chick, right? Everyone came to me for the free content. But when it came to paying for products, they went to the specialists. So they came to me to learn about Facebook ads and Instagram marketing and email marketing for free. But when they wanted to actually learn deeper about how to run Instagram ads and Facebook ads and all of the little bits and pieces, they went and paid the Facebook ads expert or the email marketing expert or the Instagram expert. They didn't pay me. Since I niched down into digital product launches and I guess it's more like... I still struggle with what to call it. I think of it as launch marketing and launch strategy. But since I niched down into this, it's been really smooth sailing because there's been very little competition. Obviously, it's increasing a lot lately. (laughs) You guys might have noticed a few other people popping up in the space. But it's still relatively little competition compared with just being the generalist marketer. When you are in a narrow niche, it is much, much easier to become known as the go-to person than when you pick a broad niche. You might think, oh, like if I'm the generalist marketer, I can help so many more people because there are so many more people who want to learn about Facebook ads, Instagram, and email marketing compared with just the number of people who want to learn about just Facebook ads. But It sounds so counterintuitive, but you actually end up helping more people, reaching more people by narrowing down your niche because you are the go-to person. So people come to you. And just another little side note, I did talk about this in an episode a little while ago about 
the how you can actually niche without niching your whole business. You can niche by product. So you can niche and it, say you want to own the space about Instagram marketing. You can then have one product that's Instagram marketing for real estate agents, one product that is Instagram marketing for health and wellness businesses. I don't know. You can niche it down by product. You don't have to just niche your entire business and be like, well, I'm just going to do Instagram marketing for real estate agents. You don't have to do it like that. Okay. The second thing I would focus on would be building my authority in my niche. I would start to build up some IP, so some intellectual property. I would create some of my own signature frameworks, signature systems, whatever processes I have or models that I have that help people to understand a concept or help them to get a win. I would document all of that and I would own it. And then I would get in front of other people's audiences and I would teach those the, those pieces of IP to them. And I would really focus on delivering real value to these people. So I would get on other people's podcasts. I would teach to their memberships, their online courses, their communities, all of those places. I would get in front of those people. Number three, I would launch a podcast much, much earlier on. So I launched my podcast nearly three years ago and honestly, it was a game changer. I wish I'd done it years earlier. Even if when you're launching your podcast, you only have 10 listeners at the start and one of those listeners is your mom, it's still a big credibility booster. Nobody else knows that you only have 10 listeners, but the fact that you have a podcast shows people that you are serious about your area of expertise, that you're serious about your niche. And you're not just somebody who's set up another Instagram account and posted a few blogs to their website because a podcast still has a slight barrier to entry. It's not as easy to start as a blog. So it's that little bit of like a, oh, okay, this person is a podcaster. It's a credibility thing. It makes you look like more of an authority in other people's eyes. It also gives you somewhere to send people to learn more about you after you've been on a podcast or taught to someone's community. And it also gives you a really good way to get in front of people who you wouldn't otherwise have a foot in the door with this early on in your business. So you would be able to get them onto your podcast for an interview. Generally, people are pretty receptive to podcast interviews. They want to be on podcasts, even really big names. So getting them onto your podcast is a way to get onto a Zoom call or however you're recording the interview with this person who you wouldn't otherwise get to talk to. And that then allows you to start to build a relationship with people who you wouldn't otherwise be able to build relationships with. If you are thinking of launching a podcast, I do have a free podcasting masterclass on my website. Head to stephtaylor.co forward slash podcasting. For that one, you will find in there the seven myths about launching a podcast and how you can avoid them, three ways to make money from your podcast, even if you don't already have a product or a service to sell, and three ways that you can uncover your standout podcast topic, even in a really saturated market. So I highly recommend that. It's free. It's only 60 minutes long. And you can register for that at stephtaylor.co forward slash podcasting. Okay. The fourth area that I would focus on if I was starting out, I would... Well, this is kind of like a negative focus, but I would focus less on Instagram. So in my first business, which was an e-commerce business, I spent probably one or two hours on Instagram every day, engaging with people, commenting, following people, just trying to build up an engaged audience before I launched the business. 
And on the day that I launched, I think I had around uh, maybe 15,000 followers. And I thought, okay, cool. This is great. This is my ticket to the big time. I'm going to make lots of money on launch day. I launched and I made $300. So Instagram, it looks great. And you think, oh, that business with all of the thousands of followers is going to be so successful. But generally, it doesn't it's not um it's not the biggest it's it's not the best use of your time and energy even these days and i have 26000 followers on my current business account my personal brand account even these days people still don't really buy from me from instagram my email list other people who buy from me instagram i try and get them onto my email list from there and that's then where i nurture them and sell to them And also even my podcast converts better than Instagram. So yeah, I would waste less time on Instagram. That's for sure. And then the last one, talking about email lists, number five, I would focus on building my email list intentionally from day one. Honestly, I wish I had spent more time building my email list at the start because this is where the money is. If I need to bring in some cash into my business really quickly all I know, I know all I need to do is write a really compelling email, add a bonus in, send it to my email list, and boom, you know, that's a few sales. It's so powerful to have a strong email list and to consistently email them as well. So don't just build your list and then leave them there, but focus on nurturing them, thinking, okay, how can I get these people to the point where they need to be to be ready to buy from me the next time I launch something to them? So there you go. That's five areas that I would focus out on if I was just starting my business from the beginning again. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you're enjoying the show, I really would appreciate... if you tell a friend about it, and also if you leave a quick rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Catch you next time.